This episode is sponsored by the Learn Jazz Standards Inner Circle. If your goal is to level up your jazz playing this year and feel confident improvising over jazz standards, the Inner Circle has everything you need and more. With monthly jazz standard studies, a library of powerful courses, and a vibrant community of like-minded musicians, you're guaranteed to improve your playing every single month. Podcast listeners can get 50% off their first month when you go to ljsinnercircle.com. That's ljsinnercircle.com or find the link in the show notes. Now, on to today's episode. I'm all about learning jazz standards that are packed full of lessons that will help us with exponentially more jazz standards as a result. And one of those jazz standards that really does a lot for helping us understand jazz harmony and jazz language and ultimately jazz improv is All the Things You Are by Jerome Kern. And while most of us are familiar with this jazz standard, understanding it and how the chords work is pivotal in my mind for becoming a great improviser over top of it. So that's what we're going to talk about in today's episode. We're going to do a chords analysis of the jazz standards, All the Things You Are, dig in deep and see what we can learn from this tune. Let's do this thing. Welcome to the LJS Podcast, where you get weekly jazz tips, interviews, stories, and advice for becoming a better jazz musician. And now your host, he's a jazz musician, author, and entrepreneur, Brent Bartstra. Hey, hey, what's up, everybody? Brent here from LearnJazzStandards.com, a blog, podcast, and videos all geared towards helping you become a better jazz musician. As always, super appreciative that you're here today. Uh, glad to have me in your earbuds. And I know I'm going to you know, help you out today a little bit with uh, what is my mission, which is to help you become a better jazz musician. And if you're new to this show and you haven't listened to it before, we talk about music theory on here. We talk about uh, improvising over here, tactics, strategies. We talk about practicing. We talk about certain styles of jazz, like jazz blues. I mean, we talk about everything jazz. We have interviews with great jazz musicians and educators it's all here but the big the big central theme of the brand of learn jazz standards is exactly what it says learn jazz standards and it all comes from the point of view of learning how to play jazz music through the repertoire which both seems obvious uh, however uh, is important to reinforce so uh, i do talk a lot about jazz standards specifically and so today's jazz standard that we're going to be doing a little bit of a chord analysis of is All the Things You Are. This is a popular one uh, to play. There's so many lessons packed in it. Uh, and, you know, it's not the easiest one either. So it's important that we understand the chords and how they work. The Roman numeral analysis is what we're going to dive into today. Now, you can find this entire jazz standard study in my ebook and companion course, The Jazz Standards Playbook. You go to thejazzstandardsplaybook.com. Uh, but today, we're just going to be going over the chords analysis uh, part of this. So um, I will be leaving a color-coded chords analysis on the show notes today, which you can find at learnjazzstandards.com forward slash episode 191, so that you can follow along, because I am repurposing some audio from a video I did about a couple years ago 
show now um, where I am describing things on a screen. So I'll in the show notes not only have that analysis there for you, also have the accompanying video as well if that helps. But I do want to make sure that we get this here on the podcast uh, so that everybody listening here doesn't miss out on this. So uh, just feel free to use that as an additional resource for while you're listening today. All right. All that being said, let's jump right into this chords analysis of all the things you are. All right, check out my chords analysis of all the things you are here. And like I already said, I love this tune and there's so many lessons we can draw from it. But one of the most important lessons we can draw from it is that it's a great study in the cycling of force. And we're going to go over this in a second of how the chords are almost completely cycling in force. But not only that, the melody also largely cycles in force. Right? Okay, so it's a lot of force going on there in, in the movement. So that's something to note just from the beginning. Now, the other thing that I want to point out here is that I've color-coded this entire chart here into different colors. And this is for organizational purposes, that we're not just looking at a big cluster of a bunch of chords and a bunch of Roman numerals, right? So this is, this is so it's easier on the eyes here. And the way I've organized my analysis is by key centers. In all the things you are, there are five different key centers that we're going to go into in this song. And so I've organized it as such. That's a lot of key centers, right? This is not necessarily the easiest of songs to, to learn, play, or even improvise over. But I think by breaking it down this way, we can make a little bit more sense of it. So blue is the parent key, which is A flat major, concert A flat major. So if you're a B flat instrument, like a tenor sax player, you got to transpose that up a whole step to B flat major. Or if you're an E flat instrument, like an alto sax player, you're going to want to go to F major, right? So that it sounds like a concert A flat major. So make sure if you're a non C instruments player that you know your transpositions, that's really important. But for demonstrations purposes, this is for C, this is a C instrument version of an, of an analysis that I have here. Um, in my book, the jazz standards playbook, I actually do have different versions for each one. So, okay. Uh, Okay, let's move to the next one. So blue is the parent key. Green is concert C major. Okay. Red is E flat major. Yellow is G major. And purple is E major. And that is all of the different key centers there, the five key centers. Now, I think to start off us on the right foot here, let's just listen to some piano voicings, some basic piano voicings going through the entire form just so we can hear the harmony and associate with the chords that we're looking at.
All right, let's take a look now. Now we heard what it sounds like. Let's take a closer look at the harmony here. So let's look at the first five bars, okay? Just the first five bars here. Now, the first thing to notice is that we start on the sixth chord, which is F minor seven, right? F minor seven, okay? That's really important to note. And then we go to a two, five, one into A flat major seven, the parent key center, right? And then D flat major in bar five is the four chord to A flat major seven, right? It's important that you understand your harmonic series here. You know how to harmonize a major scale with seventh chords. That's a really important fundamental to understanding this chords, uh, these Roman numeral analysis here. So moving on, what happens here in bar six? Suddenly we switch key centers here, okay? We switch to the key of C major seven. Now I have here a G seven, which is the five chord to C major seven. Okay, but you can also add a two in front of this G seven. So what would the two chord be in the key of C major seven? Give you a second to think about that. D minor seven, right? So two, five, one, D minor seven, G seven, C major seven, but you can just do a G seven here. So going through those first eight bars now, it's F minor seven, B flat minor seven, E flat seven, A flat major seven, D flat major seven, five chord into C major seven. So which is the one, the new key center, C major seven. Now, why did Jerome Kern choose to do this? I have no idea, but it sounds super awesome, right? Okay, so then what happens? What happens here in bar nine? All of a sudden, we're changing into new key center. And a great way to remember this is just to think, okay, we're going to transition to the next, the next key center by turning this C major seven into a minor seven chord, right? So flat that third, flat that seven. All of a sudden, we have the six chord of the new key center, which is what? Oops, zoomed out. E flat major seven. Let me zoom back in so we can see it better. Here we go. Yeah, okay, so E flat major seven. All right, now here's something really important to note. Look at the chords here, the Roman numerals. Six, two, five, one, four. Okay, six, two, five, one, four. Does that look familiar? It sure does, because if you look back up here at the first five bars, six, two, five, one, four. So essentially, in bars 9 through 13 here, we're repeating 6, 2, 5, 1, 4, right? It's the exact same Roman numeral chord analysis. We're just in a different key now. So it's C minor 7, 6 chord, 2 chord, 5 chord, 1 chord, E flat major 7. And then A flat major 7 is the 4 chord. Okay, now... We're going to move into the next key center now. And actually, I, in this case, I've added a two in front of the five. But if we just, like we did here in bar six, just put the D7 in front, literally, it's actually the exact same relationship as up here for the, with bars five through six. It's the same key center relationship. We're going, uh, we're, we're, we're moving up here in a major third, actually. So E flat to G is the new key center. If you think about that, that's a major third up. So we're cycling here into a major third. So from A flat major seven, which is the four chord, we're going A minor seven, D seven, G major seven. Now those two five ones, right? Those are super important. Like they're everywhere in here. Two, five, one, two, five, one, right? Back here, two, five, one. Got to know those two, five, ones. Okay, two, five, one into G major seven. Now, 
Here, this is kind of an optional chord. You don't have to play this. We have an E7 here, which is like the six dominance, the dominant six in the key of G major seven. So now what is that doing? That's essentially acting as a five of two, okay? It's leading us into this two chord, this A minor seven. You can alter that six chord and go into the two chord, A minor seven right there, okay? Again, now we're just repeating it here. So we're hanging out in the key of G major for a second. Two, five, one. Right? Okay, pretty simple. Now, moving on. We're moving into another key center now, right? What's going on now? What's going on here? We're essentially transitioning. Let's look at the relationship between the, the next key center. So we have G major seven is the key center right now. Now we're moving into E major seven. So that's essentially a minor third down, if we're thinking of it that way, to a new key center. So now we have a G major seven and just a half step down bass with the bass note. We go to F minor seven, to a B seven, to an E major seven, right? F sharp minor seven, B seven, E major seven. Again, two, five, one, super important into that new key center. So it sounds super cool, right? I mean, it almost seems like why are these, why did Jerome Kern write it this way? Like, why did he transfer into all these different key centers? Like, what was the rhyme or reason? I mean, can't really know for sure, but as you can see, there's a lot of patterns going on here. Like, especially the most prominent one is bars one through five, and bars 9 through 13. And even the relationship between the key centers here, the D flat and the, or rather the A flat and the C major, and the E flat and the G major, right? It's all, they're all related to each other. Okay, now here, I have this color coded blue because this C alt chord, we were on the E flat or the E major seven, and now we're going C alt, which means, you know, you can flat the 13, sharp, you know, uh, whatever alteration, flat nine, sharp nine, whatever you want to do. It's the five of six. So that's why I'm considering it in the key of A flat. Let's move on to the next page. All right, here we are. Uh, okay, so now all of a sudden we're starting back here. This is considered like the last A section, you could call it. So now we're, we're back here again at the six, two, five, one, and then four right here in bar 29. That's a complete exact copy of what we started the song with, the first five bars of the song, okay? Now, bars 29 through 32, I have kind of highlighted a little bit here because while I'm considering all this to be in the key of A-flat major, hence all the blue here, I'm also recognizing that there's some different stuff going on here in the chords. So let's take a look. So we're starting on the four chord here. That's D flat major seven. Now there's a couple different options for this bar where I have the G flat 13. You can think of that as the four dominant four of four <laughs> of the D flat major seven. So that can happen. Some people just go D flat major seven to D flat minor seven. Okay, that's a possibility too. So the minor four. So there's a few different options there. I have G flat 13 in there. 13 because that's the melody note, the 13th. Okay, then we have a three chord, with it, which is C minor seven. And then we have a B, B diminished seven there, which you can think of as the, the flat three diminished. Okay, and that's acting as a passing chord, that B diminished, 
from the C minor 7, the 3 chord, to get to the 2 chord here in bar 33. So it goes C minor 7, the 3 chord, flat 3 diminished, 2 chord, B flat minor 7. All right? So it's a passing, passing diminished chord. Um, yeah, so it's, it's really not that difficult. I wouldn't get too hung up on it. It's not that difficult to understand necessarily. Again, this could be just a G flat 13. To C minor 7 or B flat minor 7 right there. Okay, so essentially we're just trying to get from this 4 chord to this 2 chord, right? And all this entire line is doing is helping us transition there. It's not necessarily going in the most diatonic of senses. Like we have this passing diminished chord. We have this 4, 7 of 4 here or the minor 4. But it's all moving towards this 2 here, which we end the song with a 2, 5, 1, right? Okay, so I think it's way easier to understand the song. Let's go back to the first page. If we just recognize the different key centers here, if we can just separate that out and then recognize those patterns like the six, two, five, one, four and going into this next key center right here. So if we can understand those patterns, we can understand where the different key centers are. It can really help us understand this entire song better. All right, that's all for today's show. Thanks, everybody, for listening. I hope that you found this helpful. Again, if that was a little hard for you to follow because you were uh, driving on your commute or wherever you're listening, you weren't able to look at the chords analysis. Um, first of all, hopefully it was a good exercise for you to try to follow along. Uh, I've done these in the past and I've gotten emails and comments from subscribers that said it was actually really helpful and good for them to be thinking about these chords as they're they going along without seeing it. But if you do want to see it, again, go to the show notes, uh, learnjazzstandards.com forward slash episode 191, forward slash episode 191, and uh, you'll have uh, that chord analysis to look and follow along later there if you would like. Okay, so uh, oh, I don't know if this is too early to talk about this, but it's just something I'm so excited about, so I feel like I want to say something. <laughs> but uh, so... So every year for the last, well, no, not every year. For the last two years, we've released these jazz standard playbooks, which are in-depth studies of, of 10 jazz standards. So we, we came out with Jazz Standards Playbook Volume 2 this, this last spring, which uh, was a great book. Thank you, everybody, for purchasing that book, who has purchased that book. And so we're thinking about 2020 because, you know, the end of the year is, is, I don't know if you've noticed, it's coming to a close. It's it's incredible, right? Like, how did this happen? So, you know, me and the team at Learn Jazz Standards, we're like trying to vision, you know, think how can we serve the folks at Learn Jazz Standards more? How can we be more efficient ourselves? And, you know, you know all how that stuff goes. So we, we've been brainstorming and we did a survey earlier on this year uh, just kind of toying with the idea of doing a Jazz Standards Club membership. So instead of doing more volumes of the Jazz Standards Playbook, like what if we were able to provide more community and more value and more more long term more long term benefit by creating a Jazz Standards Club where every single month we dive deep into just one jazz standard. So just have a, a resource pack and video walkthroughs and etude and you know all the all the core materials that in general we've offered in that book but even more and then a, a premium community, you know things like this, right? A membership where we we just focus on one jazz standard every single month and everybody's recording their stuff and you know we're just trying to think about that and so um 
our survey for some of you may have taken the survey and you know i got a lot of great feedback and and it seems like this is something that would benefit a lot of folks here um in the learn jazz standards family the learn learn jazz standards community so oh man we are gonna do it now again i probably shouldn't have i probably shouldn't have said anything because this is like not going to happen until like next march or something like that we don't even have a complete date nailed down but it's something that i'm kind of excited about you know doing these jazz standard studies but just more a focused way so anyways that's just a little future casting for you uh that 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 is very that is coming up that is going to happen but uh we have some other exciting things happening too like for example um I am in the works right now of writing uh, the very first, I well, at least that I'm aware of, the very first jazz improv music book that has n- like almost no music notation in it. It's sort of like a self-help book and like a let's make this super simple kind of a book. So it's not a, a music method book. I've created many of those. This is like, it's where I'm going to sell it on Amazon, which I've never done that before. And um, it's going to be like the cheapest thing I've ever sold, basically, because it's on Amazon and all that stuff. And uh, I'm really excited about this book, and I'll be filling you guys in on it. I'm hoping to have it done by like just right into the new year. Um, but this is going to be really exciting. It's it's like again, I think it's the first non-method book for jazz improvisations ever existed. It's like, you know, when you go to Barnes and Noble or, or wherever and you pick up one of those, like I, for lack of better terms, self-help books, it's going to be like that. And then of course I'll have like a, a resource page that you can go to that has like more in depth where you can get music notation and all this stuff. And there will be some in the book to, to help aid what I'm talking about. But I think it's a really great way to teach jazz because so much we we always go to you know the music notation and here's the scale and here's this trick and all this stuff and you know for those of you in my courses like like if for those of you who just joined jazz blues accelerator and for those of you who are, have been in my 30 steps to better jazz playing course and or how to play what you hear those courses you know that it's more about process and it's more about practice and doing than it is about tactics and tools and like while all that stuff is important and knowing jazz theory that's all important but it's so much so about mindset and what you're going to actually do and having process and you know anyways that's all i'm going to say so far but that's also in the works wow i wasn't planning on just like telling you guys everything that's going to happen coming up uh in at the end of the show but it just kind of spilled out so anyways thanks for humoring me i'm just excited like this is really what gets me excited it's just about like looking at my community and and that's you and just seeing like how can i help further like whether it's with my my pot my free stuff like my podcast the blog uh the youtube channel and or, or just my paid stuff that I'm working on as well. Like it's just how can I, you know, this is what makes me excited to be honest with you. So, um, okay, one more thing I got to share with you. And I did, I did come out, if you're on my newsletter, you did get the newsletter um, last week where, you know, we haven't come out with blog posts and well, we, we, we really like kind of put that on the back burner. You know, we had done it for since 2010, you know, really working on the blog. And the blog is really what became popular about learning jazz standards first. But we sort of put that on the back burner in 2019 to really work on the podcast and the YouTube channel because those those have been the turned into the big focuses of Learn Jazz Standards and like how we can serve the community here. Um, but what we've been doing over the last several months is a bunch of keyword research and just seeing well what are our most helpful and popular articles and 
posts that we have and what are the ones that we need to make better and 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 you know make them just better pieces of content because you know learn jazz standards have changed quite a bit since like when it first started you know uh and we want to just make everything better for for everybody so what what we did is we started um what we call a content audit in in the blogosphere world and so we just started we're just beefing up some of these old posts that are that are really great and making them you know better more long form more value more content examples audio examples and stuff like that and so We've started, I'm starting to drip week by week, just sharing the updated versions of these posts. So of course, make sure you're subscribed to the newsletter because that's where I'm, um, I'm kind of launching that, you know, I'm sort of, you know, you know, sharing those week by week. So that's also happening. Uh, what else is happening? Well, this just turned into a big, uh, here's all this stuff that hopefully you're interested in. <laughs> um, anyways, I, I, that's, I think that's all for now. There is some more stuff coming up too that is exciting. But you know, I, that, I'll, I'll, I'll save that for another time, okay? Thanks for humoring me. Um, I'm just excited about everything going on here. Uh, thank you so much for listening to the show. I appreciate you. As always, it helps when you leave a rating and review on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, wherever you listen to the podcast, um, because it shows other people why the show is worth listening to. It doesn't necessarily help us with SEO, search engine optimization, for those of you who don't know that term, um, on on Apple Podcasts, or, you know, that's not really how their algorithm works. It's more about, like, when people come to the show, they're like, whoa, look how many rating and reviews uh, the Learn Just Standards podcast have. This must be a great podcast to listen to, right? So that that's that's the reason I always ask, because for me personally, when I go look for a new, another podcast, I'm going through my podcast feed and I'm like, hmm, I really want to learn more about uh, real estate or whatever happens to be. And then I look at the show and it's like, well, this show only has 15 reviews, but this one has 1,000 view, review, rating and reviews. So, you know, the one with 15 could be awesome, right? But I'm like just automatically, instinctually, I'm like, eh, well, maybe I'm going to go for that one. That's on Amazon too, right? If you would like see a book or a, a product and you see one product has like five review rating and reviews, but the other one has like 1,000, that automatically just says oh a lot of people bought this product so it's probably pretty good right and it has five stars or four stars or whatever right you you get what i'm trying to say well i am just rambling today (laughs) anyways the point being leave a rating review on apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your podcast uh because it does help and of course the best way you can help is just tell other people about the show and be like hey learn jazz scenarios podcast great show if you want to become better jazz musician all right, that's enough for me. I am going to go take a nap or no, I can't do that. I have too many things to do. I'm going to get out of your earbuds now and stop bothering you. All right, I'll see you next week on the podcast. Thank you so much. I appreciate you and have an excellent, excellent week. Cheers. Thanks for listening to the LJS podcast brought to you by LearnJazzStandards.com. Subscribe to the series on iTunes. And don't forget to join our jazz community at learnjazzstandards.com forward slash newsletter. Hey, podcast listener, would you like to ask me a jazz question and get it answered here on the show? Then go to learnjazzstandards.com forward slash ask. That's learnjazzstandards.com forward slash ask. 
I look forward to hearing your question and answering it on a future podcast episode. LearnJazzStandards.com forward slash ask or find the link in today's show notes.